is Chancellor of Germany, and my power grows every day. I receive hundreds of briefing every day, but when I want to learn more about the great city of Houston, Texas, in the United States, I always listen to 610 News. Yeah! This is 610 News, keeping you in the loop. I'm Darrell Douglas. I'm Brenda Valdivian. And I'm Abhinav Kumar. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about HISD. We've been covering it for a while. We're going to talk about early voting, Ted Cruz versus Beto, back to school, the rumor mill, and keeping it into perspective. We're going to start with HISD. Brenda, what's going on there? Uh, well, it looks like uh, new discoveries are happening with old Wanda over here. Um, so a reporter has done an investigation into her budget and the gifts that she has received uh, in the past year. And it looks like it is uh, mounting to over $23,000 in gifts immediately deposited into her account right after approving herself to receive gifts from $400 to $2,000 gifts that she could accept herself um, before reporting it. Uh, all of these disclosures were, were made on the very last day that the board members were legally allowed to make these disclosure and buried in a pile of paper. But uh, luckily, advocates have decided to take a look at what was going on. Darrell, did, did you see who some of these... Um, donors were absolutely there's lime bargain associates which is a law firm that has multiple six-figure contracts with the district they gave her the maximum contribution you also have this group called ghp i think it stands for uh greater public schools for houston something like that it, oh i'm sorry gps it's greater uh, houstonians for great public schools they gave a whopping $10,000 since they're an organization. They can do that. The head of this organization is a guy named Fashi. His last name is Fashi. Fashi gave $75,000 to the Jeb Bush campaign in 2016. This is very interesting because you wouldn't expect somebody like Fashi to really be endorsing or giving $10,000 to someone who's running in the district uh, that she's running in. She stood in front of a packed house at the Sunnyside Multiservice Center. Um, and promised not to accept these donations. And a little over a week later, we see this happen. That is, she already had. She's not accepting them because she already has accepted she's them. She's already got them. And all of these, on her report, if you look, all of these donations came the day before filing day. Like, all of them came at the same time. So it's kind of bizarre. It really makes you wonder, sort of, what this is all about did she know they were going to come i mean i would I, I would assume when you're getting those big donations usually you find out about them weeks or months before they, they actually arrive well she she is a, and i haven't been following hisd district nine Darrell, you moderated the debate you were at the debate brenda you guys told me that she stood up there at the debate or maybe an earlier meeting and said, I only have $400 in my bank account or something and Absolutely. brought up how she has not been taking money, how low her bank account is. And, and I mean, this is kind of abusing your incumbency. You jack up the donation limit from 500 
to 2000 and then on the last day when the finances are needed you just rake in $24,000. It's yeah. it, it spanking it very hard for constituents to trust her and uh, in terms of what her alliances lay uh, in what interest she's acting for the, the school board and a person who has dismissed Monroe for his outlandish act and act and fuck <laughs> there was outlandish acting. behavior uh, decided uh, or actually it's, it's looking like he knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. Um, and it's a little, it's a little disconcerting that a guy who, um, shows up to board member meetings in party hats <laughs> and flinging money in the air. Like pretty, yes. he's, he's pretty much a uh, Mardi Gras about to happen at any point. At he's in a Mardi Gras about point. to happen. And, and very interesting. The Houston Chronicle finally did their endorsement in this race. And their endorsement of Adams was not gleaming. You could tell that it was basically... You know, Whoa, Houston Press? Houston endured, Chronicle. Did they, Houston Chronicle, the Houston did they Chronicle. know that she had they accepted all this money? They didn't. No one knew that, that okay. this money was coming. It was looking like, here we have this incumbent who has $400. She basically, I'm not sure if you were standing over there, Brenda, on her way out, where she said the reason why they were running against her was because she's refusing to hold the establishment line and do what a lot of the donors want her to do. And then she turns around and accepts this money. So you have the the Chronicle endorsement that comes. I wonder if they'd reverse it knowing what they know now. Because although it's not illegal, it is like very gray. And you can connect the dots and see. Sadly, you know. I think this election is one of those, um, I guess. Like, <laughs> right. I that, think that's the, like, the, it sounds from absolutely. the article. It sounds the general response is, I guess. That, that's I pretty guess. much, that's pretty much what the Chronicle said. They pointed out that Gary Monroe is best used outside of an official capacity to move. I mean, you know, <laughs> I have to agree because I'm trying to picture him at a meeting. Yes. Just sitting there for four hours discussing budgets when he knows in his heart he could be making some bomb ass music yes. videos. Did you notice? <laughs> oh my did God. you notice the dynamic at the <laughs> debate though? How Jolanda Jones, who's basically there in lingerie, I mean, for better terms, on what? the front row. Yeah, um, it was, it was which a debate weird, was this? It was for the District 9 for the debate. For the District 9 debate. Really? It was, it was a weird scene. Even yes. I got a little weird. Like, yes. we were all getting weird. Rest. I like it. So Local she, elections. <laughs> so she, and for the school board. Yeah. So she's a school oh, board no. member who's obviously against Adams. And at the end of, if you get a chance and you check out the full video and you just look, just check out like the last 10 minutes, it is totally worth it. This video is 30 minutes long. Yes. It is a rap song that goes on for so no. long. And then there's like an extra beginning. And if you don't know what's happening, this thing is so long. Yes. It's yes. very creative. Yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, but th this is the state of the school. But right what now. was she doing in the last 10 minutes? Oh, so the, la the last 10 minutes actually of the video from the board meeting, you can see that Gary Monroe basically gets up there to speak on the issue of, so there's sort of like ceremonial roles that you take when you're on the school board. You know, the school board can raise and lower taxes. So the president of the school board ceremoniously, right, sits on the board of HCAD, which is the Harris County Appraisal District, right? It's kind of just, it's like, what do they call it? Um, uh, Ex officio, kind of, right? 
capacity. So this was supposed to be just an up and down vote. She was supposed to be reaffirmed to be on this thing. And Gary Monroe gets up there to speak against it with his party hat. And he also has these two like fake birds with him that are kind of like props. And a compact disc, a CD on his pinky finger. I swear he was on whose line is it anyway? Because he just (laughs) give him all these props. He's like, hold on. I got this. Hold my beer. (laughs) Uh, And he goes up there and basically chops one to Adams down. Jolanda Jones, who's also on the board, it's like they're playing volleyball. They're going back and forth. He's the constituent who's speaking. And you have Jolanda Jones that's kind of like throwing these daggers from, you know, Wow. next to her it's wow so uh if you ever like i like i said last episode if you ever want to know what's going on in the city go to a debate because all all the hot garbage is going to come out the early voting starts next week and if you're hearing the sound of my voice and you haven't registered you're too late for the 2017 uh, election and we're going to find out who you are and we're going to come to your house because there's no excuse for you not registering to vote anymore. Absolutely. And Amazon can deliver a urine-proof dog bed to my home in two days. But the state of Texas needs us to register a full month before the election. Otherwise, we simply can't vote. That's just a quick discussion point. There's so much that happens on the Internet. And there are cities or states, I think, maybe in other countries that allow you to register to vote immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, Washington. you were Washington. We're There's woefully behind. Seattle. You can There's... even vote. Uh, you Some places you'll register to vote and vote online. And, You're just done. And here's what's crazy here. Not only do you have to do it a month before you can't, there are only specific people who can register you to vote. So if you want to do a voter registration drive, the people that are going to be part of it have to go and take this class from the County yeah. to become a, volunteer voter deputy registrar so it's like all these extra hoops that you have to jump through Mm -hmm. to be able to like do it well let's work on that maybe by the next episode yeah um what you could do though is register anyways just register so you can be ready for 2018 register to vote and maybe you might be interested to know that ted cruz is up for re-election in 2018 so you know you've kind of you won't be able to vote for 2017, but just get registered so you can vote next time. Uh, yeah, the Texas Secretary of State will mail you a postage paid voter registration card for free. So even if you can't hunt down the people who have been forced to take this little class, you'll be able to register to vote. Um, we'll post a link in the show notes on MockingbirdNetwork.com. Or you know what? You just Google it. It's not that it's hard. It's so simple. It's so simple. Voter you... registration, free shipping, yeah. state, prime. Texas. Yeah. You'll feel great. <laughs> You'll get your little sticker. I'm a prime voter. Yeah. <laughs> prime. And if you did register to vote. Oh, My good. vote counts twice. <laughs> if you did register to vote, good for you. We're still coming to your house, though, because uh, early voting for 2017 Last two weeks from October 23rd to November 3rd. Or you can wait until election day on November 7th like a chump. Or like, I, I'll be honest, I vote on... Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably do that too. I always vote on, on November 7th. I don't know why. I feel so patriotic. Official. Yeah, I feel so official. official. No. I get my little sticker. I get my little receipt. I'm kind of waving it around. I get my little ice cream. It's from, fun. It's fun. Yeah. 
I like to vote early because then you can vote wherever you want. I just... Ever exactly. since in, in 2008 for the primary when Obama was running, I actually didn't get to vote. I voted for him for president, but not in the primary because I waited till election day and I went to what I assumed was my voting location, stood in line like they were like, oh, that's the seven o'clock cutoff. And I was like in it and then got all the way up there and they're like, you're in the wrong precinct. And I'm like, can I... And they were like, oh, you can provisional ballot. And then the lady tells me, but it really doesn't count, but you could do it anyway. I will never forget that. Oh, no. No. That's right. So you have more options if you early vote. Find out where you can vote. You can also, I think you can go to your local post office and they'll have that information of where your voting district is. And and you can vote from 7A to 7P during early vote, the the two weeks leading up to So convenient. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about these... Of the, this bond election now if you do not know the way bonds work you're basically allowing the city or whatever entity it is in this case it's the city you're allowing that you're voting to allow the city to take out a loan so if you remember hearing like oh the united states credit rating has been lowered or like puerto rico's credit ratings like very very low right um, the United States actually under the Obama administration went from a triple A to a double A, which was like a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Houston, if you were to vote for these bonds, you would be allowing the city to borrow this money. Now, it's not the same as raising taxes, but technically it is. And here's why you borrow this money. And then guess what? You have to pay it back. And where does that money come from? The general revenue. So. Now, when, what is the general revenue for a listener? Okay. So the general revenue is the big main pot of money that when you pay your property taxes, that's where that money goes. That's general revenue. It goes into this big bucket. Is that where, sales tax also? No, sales tax, that's... Uh, so Yes, sales, sales tax as well. Sales tax is actually... Yeah, so it's sales tax, property tax, a portion of it, because some of it goes to HSD, some of it goes... Uh, from the city, but yes, that's general revenue, basically taxes. Now you have to pay for this. The, of course, we pay for police, we pay for fire, we pay for general services, and then you have to pay these bonds. Now, what ends up happening with interest? It ends up bec- becoming stacked, so a larger and larger portion of the pot that we have ends up going to pay back these loans that structurally you just build on it because you don't pay the you're not gonna we're not gonna pay if these bonds pass and they will we just had a hurricane uh no one's gonna vote against the bond let's just that. <laughs> well um, that being said <laughs> go vote go vote but but you, you you pay it back over the course of like 10 years 20 years or 30 years depending on how the city decides to pay it back but we're not gonna wait 30 years before we have another bond they're gonna be asking for money year after next uh let's see it's 20 yes the, so let's uh, talk about these bonds uh, now that we know how they work. Uh, let's talk about Proposition A, um, because apparently they want to borrow a billion dollars for police and city workers' pension system. And that's a very interesting situation, because in most cities outside of Texas, uh, it's actually the mayor who gets to decide and negotiate with the union around pensions. The state of Texas actually passed a law, though, that said basically that decisions such as that would have to be decided by the state legislature. So 
we basically came up with a new agreement. The pension, the way it used to work for the city, was becoming too expensive for the city to, to continue with. So they renegotiated, and this is the city's part to like put in. Okay, so is it... Um, for the pension system, is it to pay for what's already been established or to raise the pension or to no, lower it? Or? It's, it's been lowered. Uh, what, what they're, what they're going to get, my dad's been working for the city for 30 years. He's not going to get exactly what he was expecting, but it's going to be pretty close. Uh, the firefighters got fucked. Okay. What happened they, to the firefighters? So the way it works, the police department and the city workers are kind of in one pot of money. And then the fire department is in another. Now, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the uh, with fire people that work for the fire department. You kind of work these weird schedules. You work like 24 hours straight. You can sleep, you know. So the city has always had this strange um, relationship with the uh, with the fire department. They've, They've sort of seen it as. It's very expensive, and you don't get as much bang for your buck. You can see the police officers out, right? When you go by the fire station, they're playing PlayStation. But to be fair, if you see a firefighter, your life is not going well. Right. Like there is, there is Actually, a serious issue going on. There are cats true. in the tree, and that's if something... Like, the most boring thing that can happen is your cats in the tree. And they don't. it turns out they don't even do that, so... Yes. And, 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 and by passing the big pension, the city's actually going to save money in the long run. It's it's a convoluted equation, but basically, we went back to the drawing board, brought down what they're ending, what they're gonna get in the long run. The city's gonna put up some of the money, and the city in the long run is gonna save money. Okay. It's a it's a proposition that has been passed by the state legislature. The Houston Chronicle endorsed it. I just thought it was an interesting endorsement. I don't know how I feel about the Houston Chronicle, but they said. This deal's importance to our city's future cannot be overstated. Without it, Houston would have been headed for a fiscal calamity triggering thousands of layoffs and dramatic cutbacks in vital city services, almost certainly including the police and fire departments. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing um, firefighters, I was about to call them fire workers, firefighters protesting outside of Cafe Brazil maybe about a month ago, about their pensions. Um, so hopefully this will help them. It sounds like it might. Indeed, some of the smart people who studied this subject concluded pension debt could have driven our city into bankruptcy. I mean, but it is sort of a... The, the argument becomes, we made a promise to these people when they signed up. Like my dad, who's been working there for 30 years, he was told, you know, at this rate, by the time you retire, here's what you'll get. And now the city is basically saying, oh, well, we kind of... Yeah, because they don't pay into Social Security. Right. Much like right. Uh, HISD school teachers, teachers, they don't pay into Social Security. Um, huh. uh, if a teacher is injured or they come out of it, they cannot apply for because Social they Security. Because they haven't paid they into it. Because they haven't paid into it. So, okay, well, we're not going to tell you how to vote. Um because that's not what this show is about. However, this is something to seriously consider. Daryl, can I say Darryl, one more thing? Daryl wants to tell people how to vote. No, I'm not gonna You're the host, gonna, man. Gonna, you can say whatever you want. About, but I will say this: this is a concern. Let's just say. <laughs> so A is the pension. B through E are basically, you know, one is you know, parks. One is library. One is sanitation. You know, they they, they decided to kind of break this up. Public facilities. 
usually in a bun like this, and it's smart actually the way they did it because now if there's one in particular that's unpopular, that one will fail and they'll get the rest of them. Usually something like this is A and B. So it looks like propositions B through E total $495 million in city improvement bonds. My only question is, what's the true cost of this? Why would someone vote? I get why you would vote for it. You know, you want public safety to be improved. You want parks, public facilities, libraries. You want them renovated, top of the line, whatever. But what is the actual cost? Why would someone decide to vote uh, against it? If taxes are not going up, if money is being borrowed, then is it just the interest payments or well taxes if technically taxes are not taxes are not going up but next year we have to make our first payment on this and 10 years from now we'll still be paying for it and this 495 million dollars they don't even have specifics usually when a bond like this is put up you'll be able to go and see specifically which libraries are going to get improved mm-hmm. you'll be able to see which projects at which library a new roof for the frank you know, library, a new this for that. They just kind of literally, and you can look this up online. City council members have actually pointed this out. Cong- uh, city council member Dave Martin actually asked this. He was like, did we just kind of come up with an estimate without, it's like going to whenever you go and you get your all changed and they're like, Hey, they bring your filter and they're like, you need a new this. And you know, no, I came for an oil change. Like, What's all this extra stuff? Yeah, there it's it seems pretty vague. Pretty vague, especially on Proposition D. Um, the wording, and this is the ballot wording. This is not the official wording. A uh, hundred and nine million for public facility improvement bonds for the acquisition, construction, rehabilitation, remediation, and equipment of permanent improvements that support public health and wellness. Which one vague? Like what, sanitation. <laughs> And other essential government and general services of the city. So uh, you're right. This is very vaguely worded. And $109 million to say, like, it's going to be great. Don't worry. There'll be a trash can. You're going to love it. And and, and they, they will throw, like, every now and then, like, some, like, kind of like the, the uh, HISD did with their $1.9 billion bond back in 2012. You know, they'll throw in like, hey, we're going to do a lot of awesome things, including a new roof at Frost Elementary. And it's like, and? Cool. What's right, the, like, what else? Where's the rest of the money? What's going? the so, other uh, $120 million going towards? Um, if I were to just guess, I would say the city wants Proposition A. They've included B through E so that we feel better about voting for A. And... You know, maybe they're not expecting all of this uh, to be approved by the voters. Sadly, I mean, in this climate, no one can vote against the bond. Like they, they, the mayor lucked out. I mean, a lot of people were really going to push back, especially the Republican conservatives. uh, You know, in the city, he kind of lucked out. No one's going to, you know, in their right mind is going to go public and say no to Houston. For any kind of improvement. Yeah, after Harvey, the the game was definitely changed, especially after the heavy criticism that the state received for not dipping into the rainy day fund to assist Houston. So now there's uh, so many free falls of how to rebuild Houston. There's there's still so many, even though none of these propositions will affect Harvey victims really. Absolutely. Uh, there or Harvey survivors really because they're 
they're, it's all private property that was damaged, and these are all public works projects. And sanitation, wow. Okay, well, I guess my tree rubbish will be picked up sooner. I don't. Yeah. I really don't know. They're, mm. You're right about that, that these uh, propositions are, are very vaguely worded. I wonder or, why there isn't a proposition to get, you know... Secure some money for Harvey relief. So, so they are. They, there's federal funding that's available mm-hmm. that's going to be coming our way. There's state funding that's already, you know, that fifty million dollar check was just step one of many, uh, because you know, for our city, you're looking at two hundred some odd million dollars just for cleanup, right? When you have a city that, that's this large, I mean just for just for cleaning up the rubbish not even talking about repair so that's going to happen i do not think that you know asking for a local bond for something like that would even be uh what would make sense because you're talking in you know a hundred million dollars a hundred billion dollars when you talk about the region and just imagine how much of that would be would would be houston yeah i'll be honest i'm a little torn on the library uh, on the library bond because I love libraries and Ooh. libraries have been seriously underfunded for the past 20 years but at the same time the wording is very vague and who knows how they're going to use that money who knows if librarians will get a raise or if the facilities will be torn down and, and used to rebuild new ones that nobody or will go to anyway because right. there's no books or services in there and before we go to the next thing I do want to add, add this last thing there was a proposal back in 2012 when we passed this huge $1.9 billion bond for the schools to where some of the schools would be designed where the school's library would also serve after school hours and on weekends as the neighborhood library. And there would be this this slow transition from separate libraries to being part of the school. You have a lot of schools that do not have librarians right now, right? And it would have been a way for the city to sort of take on some of that and then the school district would have the facility and sort of uh, employ some of the, the lower rungs at libraries, but sort of doing a partnership between the city and the school district, which I, which I thought would have been a really cool thing to do. Did it? Of course not. Because as my grandma would say, <laughs> it's too much like right. That's, that's, and it's heartbreaking because that's such a great idea. The way we treat libraries... Um, the way we think of libraries is not the way we treat libraries. Libraries, we think of as going to check out a book, uh, maybe a couple of novels, maybe your kid gets a book. But the truth is that there are career centers, there are print stations, there are ways to um, have community meetings uh, that have to do with uh, learning new skills, job searches. Just, it's a great hub for local people to go. For a majority of low-income people, they go to a library to use um, the internet to, and for some things, you can't even go offline anymore. You can't uh, register for certain classes. You can't register for certain um, services from the government. You can't do so much without the internet and uh, these costs are so high for a low-income family. That means the purchase of a computer, the purchase of internet, the and loss extra of bill, yeah. extra bills, extra electricity. Uh, that's assuming you, you, the equipment is in good working order. These libraries help these communities in so many more ways. And uh, the combination of a library and a school would have been perfect. 
Right. And it's a shame that that it didn't happen. Um. So. 2018. 2018. Steve Bannon, he was the warm, former White House chief strategist, which is a made-up job title that they made up for this administration. <laughs> He's now continuing as the chairman of Breitbart News. Uh, maybe our competitor one day. We're gonna make you look so good. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be chief. You're gonna be a chief strategist. It's gonna look it's gonna good. be awesome. Trust me. You're gonna, gonna love it. Trust you're me. You're gonna love it. it. Yeah. You're gonna be great. We have the best Steve Bannons. <laughs> So this guy, Steve Bannon, he wants to be a, a king or queen maker in 2018. So he, he, he's basically said that in, in the March primaries, this is why you should register to vote, maybe, he's going to try and challenge every sitting Republican that doesn't fall in line with Donald Trump's plan, except for Ted Cruz, because Ted tucked his tail and uh, you know, started phone banking for Trump that after was so he dropped out. Watch, oh my gosh! If he wasn't so horrible, smart, I would have been. If he wasn't so Ted Cruz, I would have felt bad. I'll admit he won points for me when he went out there at the Republican National Convention and refused to endorse Trump. He said, "Vote your conscience." They booed. He smiled and continued. Oh, uh, yeah. so that, punchable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Highly punchable individual. Yeah, I try not to comment on what people look like, but man, this you can tell this guy was just hated in high school. Yes. Yes. Everybody hated this dude. Um but one quick story about Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. Uh I saw him at Houston Hobby Airport and he was walking I'm I I've been a consultant before, so I know what business douches look like because I may or may not have been one. But he was walking (laughs) very hurriedly through the airport, he had his black rolly suitcase, a black trench coat, and he was kind of walking forward, like hunched forward, walking very quickly, he had his Bluetooth in, no. and like three, three, I'm just going to say they were old, white, bald dudes, were sitting, and they saw him, and like, I saw them like correct their posture. He, Ted Cruz walking by had like, an honorable effect what looked like an honorable he effect on these people the room. yeah wow. oh, everybody so just gross. kind of like wow but he didn't have time to say hi they were like good good work this was right after he lost the elect yeah. or dropped Mitch. out yeah um so anyways back to steve bannon he's gonna spare ted cruz next year um and speaking of ted cruz we're trying to interview congressman beto o'rourke uh, he's out in West Texas, and he's a Democrat hoping to challenge Ted Cruz next year. He has to get the nomination first. Um, we're hoping to interview him. So you can any probably of our... get him. You can probably get him. Yeah, the probably number of him. town hall. Oh, he would be so lucky to come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the number of town hall meetings he's hosted and been a part of, and just the community outreach he's done is. It's absolutely humbling. I, I can't believe he, this, this guy's a machine. Three months ago, I never knew this guy's name. And now I'm hearing him from every every time I open my newspaper, I, I see this guy's name because he's doing another meeting. He's doing another community outreach. And uh, he this this is absolutely meaningless for now. But he hit the front page of Reddit, uh, which is, you know, for a lot of people, that's the way they get their news. So he's making international news now um, because he's going against Ted Cruz. And 
as much as we don't like him here, he's reviled in other parts yes. of the country and in, including internationally. Ted Cruz is uh, at best just at best he's going to stay average eh, throughout the election, or he's he's going to go down. Uh, there's he's uh, there's no up for him. I mean, he people. Do you saw think him, that a Democrat will bring him down, or he will have a? challenger well the the state has been changing a lot of people were quick to point out during the the last election that this state was very close to turning blue um in terms of voting for trump maybe it was because trump was so hated but the it was a very close call for the republican party during the last election nationally that state who knows if that momentum will will surge during the next election or if it's going to taper down from the feeling of horrible defeat during uh, this election. I, I will say, because I worked the 2010 election, and it was crazy because that was the election after the 2008 election with Obama. So that was sort of the worst. I think that was the bottom, and I think we're sort of doing this bounce upward. I think it's going to take a lot of swings of the axe to finally chop down the tree, and this just has to be another swipe at it. I mean, a lot of people, we don't even have the... the we. The Democrats don't have a candidate for governor in in 2018, right? So there's Abbott running against who? Nobody, right? So nobody wants to step up to the plate and sort of risk their. This is a huge risk for for Beto. So yeah, it would be it would be great to yeah great to get him. He's definitely yeah. swinging as hard as he can. He's yes. he's everywhere he possibly can be. So yes. if any of our listeners have any questions that they'd like us to ask Beto. You can uh, email us at info at mockingbird.com. Mockingbirdnetwork.com. Ah, uh, fail. <laughs> yeah, you can email us at info at mockingbirdnetwork.com. Or on Facebook. We just started a page, so check it out. Yeah, follow us there. So back to school. Um, so India Landry is a senior at Winford High School in the Northwest Houston area. Earlier this month, India was suspended by her principal for refusing to stand during the Pledge of Allegiance, even though she had been sitting during the Pledge of Allegiance for the last 200 days or so, which is either impeccable apathy or just like the strongest stance I've ever seen. (laughs) So uh, after four days, the school revoked her suspension and she was recently allowed back into school just in the nick of time or else she would have been prevented from graduating. Uh, some people are saying this is related to the Black Lives Matter movement. Others are saying that this is just disrespect in the troops. Um, but I, I don't seem to recall that the troops really gave a shit last year. So Right. And, and, and then my thing is, are we North Korea now? I mean, they bow before statues of uh, Kim Jong-un's predecessors right like that is that where we're headed as a nation and then number two let's call it what it is it's straight up racist okay this new national sort of populist you know how dare you insult the flag type of thing it's the all lives matter response basically but for this yeah and and the school's definitely opening themselves up for a law school school uh (laughs) A law school graduate to uh, bring a law school. Uh, yeah, the school is opening. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> the school is opening themselves up for a lawsuit because um, during the 1970s and 80s, 
Jehovah Witnesses sued for the right to not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. That is true. And uh, I grew up Jehovah Witness. I'm not a Jehovah Witness. Uh, but I was raised that way, and it was a, we made it a point to not stand up because of the yes. uh, biblical belief of do not put false idols before us. Yes. Uh, and the flag, as it's not a person yes. or a like an actual holy item, yes. uh, we weren't allowed to stand up for it. But um, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to sue the schools for this, because this is not the only instance of this happening. Um, so this is clearly in violation of free speech, but I'd be interesting to I'd be interested to see if this is going to be considered in violation of religious rights as well. That would be an interesting case. Well, isn't are, are Jehovah's Witnesses considered Christian or Americans? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the weird thing about Jehovah's Witnesses is that they don't vote. They also consider that or as, birthdays. They don't do birthdays or Halloween. That, I remember. Or Halloween. Uh, yes. Sorry, Brenda. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it's I decorated my apartment for the first time outside of Halloween. Oh yeah, it looks and great. The think, cobwebs. Yeah, and yeah. I'm very excited. But part of me is like, don't tell my mom. <laughs> right. Well, and here's what's interesting. There was this one kid. I went to Saint Agnes Christian Academy, right, uh, for elementary. And there was this one kid who was Jehovah's Witness. And so he never did any of the Christmas parties. He didn't pull names. He didn't do the birthday thing that we did for kids. Like each month, whoever's birthday was that month, like you got a cake. Oh, yeah. People, I remember this kid from my congregation who's considered the good Jehovah Witness. He would make it a point to let the teacher know that we weren't allowed to be in the room while celebrations were happening. And I'd always look at him like, why are you bringing me down? Yeah. (laughs) Speak for yourself. No, like, but I mean, he followed and I learned like so much because I was just like, wow, like. Yeah, so th- so that is interesting. Religious freedom in this era appears to only matter when it's good wholesome Christians. Yeah, so, yeah. Like I it said, just sounds like persecution. The, yeah, and I, and I bring it up again because I I wonder if if the ramification of of punishing all these students because some of these students, uh, they may not be able to graduate because of these suspensions. Mm. So I'm wondering uh, who's going to start the series of lawsuits? Uh, well, on what grounds are they going to go with? It's funny if you if you look at the coverage for this particular story with India Landry. Um, she's back in school now. And, and I think it may have been the Houston Chronicle, but they interviewed a law professor. And the quotes from this law professor are hilarious because he or she is just like, wow, that school, like, it's already been decided. The Supreme Court ruled on this. This is clearly a violation of the First Amendment. The school mm-hmm. is opening themselves up to a lawsuit, like, open and shut case. You clearly have a principal maybe going on a power trip or what, and you see other teachers, they they said stuff like, this isn't the NFL, and kind of thank goodness because that kind of, you have to stand up and, Heil the United States flag like that's that was decided in 1943 actually Mm -hmm. so almost a hundred years ago and um, I don't know I think I think this high school if they haven't learned already they're they're about to feel some pain yeah legislate legally it's it's going to be an interesting legal case in the next I can see it happening in the next five years or so uh, with the NFL Uh, do you have 
the right to force employees to to say the Pledge of Allegiance or to stand during the Pledge of Allegiance? Do you have the right to force uh, patriotism or nationalism, to depending on how you look at it, on employees? Uh, it's almost like a cult. Fucked up if true. <sighs> Fucked up if true. And, and whatever happened to... It's, this whatever. should be the hashtag of every episode. <laughs> Fucked, Fucked up, up if true. true. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, we talk so much Thanks, about the Troy. freedom of speech. We talk so much about the Constitution. I mean, wow. It, it's, it's, it's really crazy. It's selective hearing. I mean, yes. she's... This high school principal will for sure have lawyers on her, her side, I think. Absolutely. Uh, but it's just, it's already been decided. The law of the land spoketh. And, um, you know, maybe this principal needs some emotional training or something. Well, Let's there, get her on the show. Huh, there's <laughs> another principal, 83-year-old HISD for a high school principal, is on forced paid leave because the district is investigating allegations that she threatened students with a baseball bat that she keeps in her office. Now, she's maintained the strict dress code as well, which her attorney says keeps gang violence in check if you know anything about for a high school. I, I did look into this. Apparently, the school board has relaxed. Absolutely. Has relaxed it, but she was like, no, this is... This is going to happen. Is gonna her happen. lawyer is, is is saying that it's up to the principal's discretion whether it, or not to enforce the dress code. And there are other uh, high school principals that have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, you know... This principal has done great to turn that particular school around. I think she raised ten million dollars for her school. I mean, it's it's been amazing. It's amazing. They, it's it's turned around from a dropout factory to a school that like people, you know, in the neighborhood actually like they don't mind being zoned to HISD instead of Galena Park. Plus, she bats at three hundred. <laughs> now, due to her physical, she should be on the stroke. Due to due to her physical stature and that of, I mean, she's over eighty, and that of students. I mean, it's clear that the threats that were, you know, supposedly made don't really hold water. But I will say this. You know, she and main district administration don't really see eye to eye. And so that's been another reason that some people say that she's been removed. Wow. Wow. Do you think it's also part of the reason to kind of mess with her pension, too, since this seems to be a common issue that happens with the HISC schools? teachers and principals that they'll find an issue with them nearing retirement well to, she was retired to, she came, came out of retirement oh, to save the school right. and and what and what's really crazy when, when there are roses at her feet right do, do we have a rose budget can we get one <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous. something funky is going on at hist i wish there was an election coming up or something. <laughs> uh, exactly and, and and what's crazy is you do have you have a new superintendent and someone like a Miss Birdie is not going to stand in line the same way that, you know, John Smith, who like, you know, just got his master's last year and just got a promotion to principal. He's going to be falling in line with the superintendent. She's not, you know, so that's that's kind of what that's kind of what the, the people are saying. Yeah. So is this case about ageism? Is it about like her being a loose cannon. I love this right. idea. I love this idea. And she's, she's in her <laughs> this 80s. Teacher, yeah, this 80-year-old lady 
suddenly becoming a streetwise <laughs> hustler, uh, just cracking heads and raising money and saving these kids. Well, you know, it sort of reminds me of one of my teachers. Her name was Miss Dossman. She had this deep Southern accent, and she was just not having it. I think she was like retiring the next year, and she didn't follow all the rules. I'll never forget we had a fire drill one time, and she used to send me to get her Diet Dr Pepper and <laughs> Snicker bar like very often, at least like twice a week. I that seems like a terrible that, so. balance. I know, I know, but hey. It worked for her. Just sugar and sugar. And, and one time there was a fire drill and I was like, oh, you know, I kind of like went with the class to the amphitheater where we were supposed to like meet. And she was like, boy, go get my stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, but there's a fire drill. And she's like, it's a drill. Go get my stuff. <laughs> so, so you know, and, and also like very her. interesting, we were talking a little bit earlier about Gary Monroe and his hat. He also called for at that school board meeting. He called for the students to walk out tomorrow uh, in support of the principal. We need to talk about this, Monroe. You cannot tell students <laughs> to do political actions for you. Right. That's messed up. Now, if right. you want to discuss this with the students and let them know, hey, this is happening, and right. maybe, I don't know, if they decide, If they decide. I yeah, miss something. They what, what did he ask so the Monroe, student to do? So Monroe, old party hat, money flipping Monroe, <laughs> yeah. uh, decided that he was going to publicly tell students to walk out of class in protest tomorrow of what was going on in HISD. Uh, I think with the money or with, uh, right. with Wanda Adams, which is students have the right to protest. There's nothing wrong with a walkout. They very rarely happen. They usually happen with a, with a strong precedented reason. There's a, there's a reason why students are walking out. But guess what? Students organize these reasons themselves. For To have a middle-aged man come in and stir these kids up and tell them what to do for let's be honest his own political gain yes that's absolutely. messed up does he currently uh hold any position no. within hist no he does not. so he's just some dude outside of the school system do, does he have any kids in hist he does okay well he does. a little bit better there, but i don't little, know by how much little, you want to get in on there. this uh, i mean long story short some in the community have pointed to the fact that he owes um, back child support, like a lot, and hit like seventeen thousand. And his yeah. former wife was actually on Facebook and was supposed to be potentially at the debate. Like we, like we were trying to, you know, see if that would happen. Uh, and, and I mean, I decided against it, but if there's a runoff, hey, we got to get her queued up. Um, <laughs> but no, like the, that that has sort of been the question. And it's sort of what it's revealing is he, I don't think he truly understands what's within the jurisdiction of the position because the school board members don't hire and fire um, principals. They vote on policy, sort of the overarching broad strokes of the direction of the district. It's the superintendent who's the executive who actually executes. And the more and more he does stuff like this, it just sort of shows where that... Yeah, I he, he can realize or not realize what the position of power is only one. But I do take a personal issue. I do have a personal issue with somebody... Uh, using students for their own political gain. Yes. I find that to be very insulting and belittling. 
And uh, we've, you know, Darrell and I, we've worked on campaigns before. We were with c- community. And we let them know. Hey, yes. This is why we're doing this action. Do you want to be a part of it? Yes. We don't tell, we don't go to the community and tell them, like, you do this and it'll help me. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed with this. I am not happy with this man. It's definitely sleazy. If someone didn't have any scruples, morals or guiding principles, it's politically smart because kids are trolls. And if there's a giant troll telling the little trolls what to do, oh, they'll do it. That's oh, what sure. happens. They'll do it. And, that's and, what happened in 20. 20- Yes, Well, and what's scary? Imagine Uh, if he was actually on the board. I mean, he's wearing clown hats and throwing money now. Yes, I mean it's bizarre. The fact that he's a contender. I mean that alone. The picture. This is an amazing still. Yes, he's wearing a gold birthday hat with black <laughs> frills around it, and he's, and he's got a DVD on his pinky finger. Hold on, let me show he looks like he's making a, a death threat, but not really. The eyes. He looks like a customizable character on a Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Like you're just done playing and you just kind of want to have fun. I mean, he looks serious. Yeah. Oh, he no. looks silly and serious oh, at the same time. And as someone That's who has thing. tried for years to uh, That's emulate the thing. He'll that, do I these things. Respect. He'll do these things and like, but then he'll say these terrifying, cryptic, threatening things yes, in the middle. I'll bust your chest open. I mean, what the what? fuck is that? What did we? This is a school board meeting, right? Like, and what's hilarious, and you know what? And she's board president. His opponent, she handles it so well because oh, she's sure. just like. And next we have Mr. Gary Monroe, who has some words. <laughs> Here comes the fireworks. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> right. Yeah, like no, she she's an incumbent for she's a reason. She's good to go. Yeah. Yes. So it looks like nearly 7,000 Texas prison inmates raised over $54,000 in donations for Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. So these people, they earn an average of 94 cents uh, an hour, and they donated $54,000 collectively. Um, Just to put that in perspective, that's like someone... Imagine donating, imagine working for eight hours, being paid for eight hours, and then putting all of that money to the American Red Cross. That's what these um, inmates basically did. It was nice. I don't know what their angle is. I'm highly suspicious. uh, (laughs) Just to put it in perspective, we're looking at an equivalent man hours of work of 58,000 64 man hours of labor just to donate to the uh, Hurricane Harvey relief effort. And wow. keep it and keep in mind Texas prison inmates don't get paid. So this is Really? Yeah, th- there's no salary. It's literally and it's not even indentured servitude. They don't look at it that way. Like Texas and California does, Texas doesn't. Uh, an interesting little tidbit in my former life, I was a correctional officer. Sergeant, lieutenant, and stuff for Texas. So this average, just to be clear, yeah, just to be clear, this average prison wage, there's no wages at all for at all. Yeah, inmates, inmates in Texas Department of Criminal Justice, which are the Texas prisons. Yeah, state um, prisons. Yeah, state prisons. They don't get paid. 
Oh my god! So this figure is is nationally then yeah, ninety three the cents. Um, so that means they dipped into their own, maybe their yeah. family's money or money. Well, and that some they of them, some, yeah, some of them already. You do have some wealthy people. I remember like flipping through. They would get their um, like once a month. They get like their you know commissary, checks. like commissary, like hey, here's your balance kind of thing, like your bank statement basically, but from commissary. And some people like you'd see nine 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 nine, which meant. They no, I think the number was it was ninety nine. They had over ninety nine thousand because the number was it capped at one hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So if it was over that, it just showed ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. I want to meet the guy who has a very strict budget because he constantly <laughs> wants to see it all nines. He, he tells them every month. He's like, I want to see those nines <laughs> I every see month. Those nines. It's one honey bun and one <laughs> yeah one one two ice cream this week. <laughs> this is according to CNN on May the twenty first, twenty sixteen. A handful of people apparently turned out to protest the opening of a library at an Islamic center in Houston, Texas. Two held up a banner proclaiming hashtag white lives matter. A counter protest began across the street and a video shows a noisy but nonviolent confrontation. So this protest happened last year and it's just coming out now that it was organized not by people in Texas, but uh, I guess. Wait, you guys already know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, Russia. I, Russia. It, it comes from the the fatherland. Oh wait, no, that's Germany. But it comes, <laughs> but it comes from yeah, father-in-law it, land. It, it seems father-in-law. To, it seems to have a strong Russian ties. It came from a Facebook group. Uh, when they did a search back of who was operating these groups, it looked like it was from a troll center located in Russia that is responsible for multiple hate groups coming out into the United States inciting uh, racial protests and violence. Um, when we first saw this article, it was reported on by uh, Free Press Houston, and we weren't sure we were going to take it seriously. We kind of dismissed it as a rumor until <laughs> yeah. we started looking into it and realized it was the CNN who was covering this. Um, this one, to know that Russia is affecting the politics in our country so much already... But to have it strike at home is... uh, It's a little unsettling. It's unsettling. And even one of the protesters, it says in the article, that said that uh, they were a little disconcerted that no one from that Facebook group was actually there at the protest. Heart of Texas. Heart of Texas. Which is... I hate that they use that name. Somehow I feel violated that they use the title Heart of Texas. Well, and what's crazy, I mean, when you think about these crazy, loony right-wing groups, it's kind of like the Liberty Heritage Society or the Freedom God Homestead Act Association. Association. You know what I mean? It's just like, just throw some, you know, the Patriots of Heritage Festival. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. I mean, and it, it, I mean, it's it's crazy you know you look at there's a there's the the, what is this i think this is a facebook group and the twitter the twitter it's time to secede uh appears to have begun life in november of 2015 the last time another user tagged the account was august 29th of this year about the same time the the facebook page and the twitter was suspended it's time to secede i mean that is such a texas thing that people you know, who eat pecan pie and have Confederate flags on the back of their pickup trucks would go for, right? Mm-hmm. Like that just, wow. 
And yeah, there's a uh, there's quite a bit of rumor going on. Um, I don't, none of it has been completely confirmed yet, but the FBI is looking into Donald Trump. And of course, there is multiple congressional hearings about the involvement of the Russians in the uh, the last presidential election. Um, oh, now, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, we're starting. I think we all forgot about that. Because now it's like subpoenas for like, yeah. you know. Yeah. The, for, remember, it was two weeks of total chaos. Everybody was coming out like, the, the director of the FBI was fired? Wait, what happened? Wait, who? Wait, right. Russia? And it just started escalating so much. And then, of course, since all the subpoenas are going, we're going into radio silence. But that doesn't mean that the Russian activity isn't happening because we're, of course, we're seeing it here in our own home. And it does lead to wonder how involved is Russia in the ideology of our own country? How, how much are we trusting our devices to tell us what's going on in the, in the country and to discuss how we view our neighbors and ourselves and our identity as a country by believing these screens and these supposedly grassroots uh, campaigns that are organized by other countries who will benefit from us uh, infighting. Well, and I, and I think what's interesting, I don't know if you've noticed this, but social media has really brought this to the forefront. You can kind of live in your own bubble. Oh, absolutely. You can live in your own bubble. And so there's this whole like other crowd of organizations. Of course, on our side, there's Think Progress and these blogs like that, you know. But on the other side, there are, you know, the Freedom. Breitbart is a right. direct response to the uh, these social segregation of, of social media and and, and, the, and the news as well i mean i was just watching today when you know mitch mcconnell the leader of the, the senate a majority leader and the president were in the rose garden and right afterwards i kind of like to flip between like msnbc cnn and fox news because the we all just watched the exact same 40 minutes of press conference but they each cover it totally different as if there were three different events mm -hmm. or really two CNN and MSNBC are usually on the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot to consider. So, you know, as you look into all these, the Facebook groups, uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Who's... Next time you're out at a protest against the Islamization of Texas, just make sure that your protest wasn't started by a, a foreign entity. Hey, if or if it was, make sure they're there too. Yeah, yes. like if if you How go to an event it? and nobody that organized it isn't there, that might be That's your first flag scary. that yeah. you might be trolled. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, uh, in... Which makes me think of, again, Gary Monroe. Yes. If there's an army of, of little trolls just waiting to be called on by a bigger troll into action, that applies to our adult citizens as well. And... Maybe this literal troll farm in Russia uh, is like the Gary Monroe of of the HISD of Houston. <laughs> right. And, and the thing that it. they know about it. the whole Texas secede thing, like they're pretty intricate. Like whoever this is that would know to stir this up that way. Well, I'll tell you what, with hashtags, you can see cloud, you can create word clouds as to what people are responding to. So the bigger the word in the word cloud, the more you know that this is a trigger word. Hmm. Mockingbird hmm. will use hashtags on our shows in order to invite listeners who are interested in subjects that we're talking about to come in and listen to our shows. And that helps us grow as a network. So it can be used for good. 
because my network is good. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but uh, it... It, it's not that difficult to use people's interests because, of course, people hit likes on page. They'll hit, like, interests on their page. There's literally just a whole sheet of interests on Facebook. And if you put heritage, you put secession, if you put, like, uh, uh, white lives matter, all these things will help them guide directly into their market, which, of course, you know, this as much as I love the Internet, we have to be very careful about how we receive our news and to do what you just said, like to go between all the channels and take a look and just take that extra step to see what the people are telling us to believe and, and letting us read between the yes. lines. I don't know about y'all. Have you ever seen like somebody that you really respected that'll do that copy paste Facebook post? It's oh, that's like, the worst. It's like today's date is blah 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 and i'm pasting this to tell facebook that they cannot use my you know whatever or <laughs> or like you paste this so you won't have to pay for facebook and i mean these are people that i actually respect but it reminds me how gullible people can be and and, and it's not for like those copy and paste sort of things it's not like there's a, a long thought process of well, yes, legally, this does make sense. My my word is my copyright. And even though I'm using a completely <laughs> free program that lets me document all of my life and upload all of my photos and tracks me everywhere I go, I'm in charge of my own destiny. Yes. <laughs> uh, most of the time it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah, you just copy and paste. And there's literally like, what, three seconds of thought, if that. So it's important to keep that in mind. The majority of people who share posts and like posts, they're doing it almost automatically. Or even the, uh, I don't know if you remember, Brenda, when I used to do these like satirical sort of like press release looking things. Oh, always. You would you tag me in them. Yeah. I'm in, I've been in so many of your articles. <laughs> and it would be like, you know, like the Black Force One is in the air. Blah, blah, blah. And do you know people would actually like, you know, inbox me and be like, uh, such and such. And I was like, no, that was totally a joke. I mean, we, we really have sort of, you know, sort of, I, I don't know, tip the scales. Now, I will say this. I do want to add this this last part. Uh, he was just looking at the, the video from the whole Wanda Adams thing. She actually called me the other day and because I did a post about the, the money, right? And her point was, she wanted me to make sure that I made this clear, uh, she said that the other two opponents also went for that same endorsement. They didn't get it, but they at least went for the GPS when the one where she got the $10,000. My pushback to her was you just, you know, sort of stood up and did this woe is me. I don't have any money thing because you're sticking for the people. And then, you know, you knew that like less than a week later you would be. Yeah, I'm still kind of in the mind. I've been thinking about it. I'm still kind of in the mind that board members should be paid for their work in order to reduce uh, in order to reduce uh, the the necessity of getting money from yeah. donors in order yeah. to survive. That being said, don't tell people you need money and then secretly take lots of money as if we weren't gonna like no and that's what i told her i was like wanda yeah you could have like, just told us i was like did you not think i was gonna like look <laughs> I mean, yeah you could honey you could have just told us like it's not a big deal if you right. just just tell us and then if you do it on the front end and you kind of explain it like i got an election to run and i got you know i got bills to pay then you know do that i mean shit you you got here you got to the thing late and did you know, stood up for that. Yeah. You know, just just throw it out there. I, I, I'm just, 
yeah, the, the, this this whole thing is wild. And then in, I guess, uh, how do we usually close this, Brenda? Uh, what do you have coming up? Um, so uh, I, I think I, I want to start this new thing about uh, we talk about our city and we we keep it try to keep it tight and try to keep it tight knit and look into the nitty gritty of what's going on in town. Um, but you know, it's good it's good to keep it in perspective. What you're hearing is the first recorded sound of two neutron stars colliding. This event happened 130 million years ago, long before human beings ever walked the Earth. The ripples in space caught graviton waves have only just reached us. This event was captured in a laser in a tunnel in Louisiana that detected the collision. At 2.5 miles, it is the longest straight line in the world specifically built for this purpose. Scientists express shock and awe at the sound and are unsure if this is a rare event or if there are many more neutron stars than expected. The collision of the two stars have also produced huge explosions of rare elements like gold and platinum. And if you're lucky enough to grab one of them, maybe you'll be able to pay off your student loans. And that's keeping it in perspective. Huh. <laughs> Might be good to get out there. I see uh, a lot of those uh, Cash for Gold commercials on Fox oh, News. Oh, for when sure. I'm catching up. You got to scoop it up if you manage to somehow go 135,000 miles per hour. You, you never know. You never know. You never know. Trump can become president. I can go out there and get that gold. <laughs> and with that being said, uh, Brenda, what do you have coming up this week? Um, so speaking of stars, I'm still doing Trek Wars at Station Theater. And uh, I will be performing at Trill Festival at Station Theater as well. That's happening this week and next week. Uh, lots of shows going on. Um, you can. Check I was out. at Rudyard's last night, and someone, or two nights ago, and someone was wearing a shirt that said Trill, and somebody at the bar was like, "Hey, is that for the Trill Comedy Festival?" And the person was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Our marketing is working. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be performing at Station Theater. Um, by the time this airs, it's going to be too late. But I'm also hosting uh, Grown Up Storytime. Uh, if you ever get a chance to check out Boo Town, uh, Boo Town, I think it's BooTown.com, but it's a Boo Town, uh, a local organization in Houston that hosts uh, various events like uh, Grown Up Storytime um, and also uh, Neo Benchy, two fantastic shows that you should definitely check out. Awesome. And Abhinav. Hey, Darrell. How are you doing? What do you have coming up this week? Uh, this week? I don't know. So I, I run a, I, I co-run a little record label. And one of our bands is going to New Orleans to play a, we- a wedding. And then they'll be back on Monday night to play at House of Blues um, with a really special band called Duran Jones. I don't know if uh, Duran Jones and the Indications... Real smooth, real romantic stuff. If this podcast airs uh, after, then... It's um, going to drop this Thursday. It's going to drop this Thursday? Yeah. Oh, what's cool. The, what's the name of your, the, the band? The band is called Sam Turner and the Cactus Cats. The record oh. label is Rufus and Friends Records, named after my dog and uh, friends. 
and uh, Duran Jones <laughs> and the Indications. They're just an amazing band. They're from New Orleans by way or from New Orleans by way of Indiana, and they're coming uh, on Monday. So it's just two amazing, really soulful singers uh, that are gonna. Make sure everybody has a real sexy Monday night. Do they do covers or is this original stuff? Original stuff. Original stuff. Really. Actually, let's put some on the podcast. Sure. We can play it as our uh, our exit song. Yeah. Definitely do that. And as for me, I'm just trying to like catch up with sleep this week. (laughs) That's right. You just came back from D.C. Yeah. Well, you had a crazy week. You went to D.C. and then Austin and then you like came here. Yes. And then you went to was Austin City Limits too. Mm -hmm. It's been wow. How was uh, the Bengas? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. It was everything that I would have hoped it would have been. Tank and the Bengas. Tank and the Bengas. They're from New Orleans as well. One of my favorite like bands that I've only heard like on so to hear them live was was awesome uh no it, it was a crazy cool. week uh like friday was bananas like that was the like i had a 5 30 a.m flight from dc to nice. austin and so like i didn't sleep thursday night and then no it, it was crazy but i stayed up i went to the concert it was great and like this week i'm literally like trying to catch up on sleep and get, yeah. i'm getting a haircut on wednesday other than that um, well, um, be yeah. sure to listen to MockingbirdNetwork.com shows because there's a ton of us coming out and it'll probably help you chill. At least laugh you while go. you take a nap. Yes, absolutely. And this is my first time hosting, so I don't know. How do we usually exit? <laughs> how do you like, want to? However you want. It's up to you. And with that, the final thought. If you like listening to podcasts, listen to our podcast. It's called 610 News. Bye-bye. Mocking Bird Network.